This is Afternoons with Gillian O'Shaughnessy on 720 ABC Perth and local radio WA. We all have our family treasures and they might mean nothing to somebody else, but they're absolute gold to us. It could be old photographs or old clothes. My dad still has the most gorgeous papal blessing he and my mother got when they were married and it's so ornate and lovely. But how do you keep these things so that they preserve well for years. The National Archives of Australia has just released a new book to help us keep our mementos safe for years. It's called Keeping Family Treasures. And with me to tell us about it is author Ian Battenham. You can ask Ian a question if you want to call us. Our number is 1300 222720 or SMS 199 Hi, Ian. Oh, hello, Gillian. Thank you for joining us on Afternoons today. Not a problem. Now, um, I just should say, oh, the, the, uh, the National Archives cares about people's personal items, personal archives. That's why we put this book out. That's so a lovely book. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's good that somebody else does uh, apart from apart from the people who own them because it, it is hard sometimes, isn't it, for people to know how to keep things so that they will be preserved. Oh, it is. And, yeah, you can easily lose things if you do the wrong wrong thing with them, store them the wrong way or handle them the wrong way. And some yeah, more modern things will just uh, disappear without you doing anything just because they're so unstable. And family treasures can be, as we said, just so many different things to different people, can't they? So what sort of things have you found that people want to preserve? Oh, pretty much everything. Um, you know, obviously, the, you know, it starts with old letters and, and uh, personal documents and then there's photographs in, and photographs in albums and out of albums and books, you know, di diaries and autograph books. But then you come to more modern things like uh, uh, videotapes, audio tapes. Um, and, um, yeah, and then, you know, we, we hit the era of uh, you know, CDs and, and that sort of thing. So it's everything. And then there's objects, you know, there's clothing. It could be a wedding dress or, a, you know, or a christening, christening gown or something. There's a gorgeous so story in your... Anything. Gorgeous story in your book about uh, uh, an old uh, a shirt and a red scarf worn in World War Two by an airman who was shot down over Europe, and his family wanted to know how to how to preserve that. Fred, his name was, I believe. That sounds right. Yes, um, I'm embarrassed to say that wasn't one of the stories I was directly involved with, so I don't know that very closely. But I I, I did skim through it, but it's um. Yeah, it's a lovely story, and uh, obviously this clothing had been in, the, in that man's family for a long time, and it it showed that because it, it had problems with uh, insect damage and uh, very hard creases that were cracking. Um, so we were able to provide some good advice there, but I, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know the full story. No, of the ob I, I, I can um, I can tell our listeners that the red scarf and you, there's a photograph of it in the book, which is wonderful. It helped him escape from enemy territory in disguise. So. Just, I mean, that sort of thing would just be priceless to his family, I would imagine. Well, that's right. It's it's so tangible. It's you know, it's the thing he was wearing when that happened to him. So it's such a direct link, and uh, that's so important. Um, now, Ian, yeah, would you uh, mind taking a, a couple of calls from listeners because we've got people lining up to <laughs> to talk about how to preserve theirs? And I'm dying to get to Jenny. She has two 70-year-old gollywogs to preserve. Oh my goodness! Okay. <laughs> Hi, Jenny. Hello. How are you? Good, thank you. So t ask, t tell Ian what you've got. Yes, tell me. I, well, I have just unearthed two gollywogs. Um, politically incorrect, I appreciate. Yes, I was going to say, yes. 
but they are very beautiful specimens um, and I'm very keen to preserve them. One is a knitted one and the mm -hmm. other is a more of a felt one with um, beautiful clothes. They're actually in remarkably good condition despite, I think, being fairly neglected. As I say, I've only just recently unearthed them. So and I'm wondering... Yeah, yeah, what to do? Yes, well, how to, how, to con how to preserve them now. Yes, well, in conservation we have this lovely term which is called benign neglect, which is sometimes <laughs> if you just leave something alone, um, it actually survives quite well, and it sounds like these fall into that category. Uh, I guess the problem being wool and felt would be their, their uh, animal fibres, and they're uh, very tasty to, to moths, so you yes. have to be very careful there, um, and probably just something to uh, repel moths would be good to store them mm -hmm. with. Um, but the main thing is just handle them carefully, package them properly, you know, uh, you could wrap them in acid-free tissue paper and, and buy a special box to keep them in. Right. Um, and, and yeah, just handle them carefully. But if, the, if they're in good condition now after all that time, there's probably no reason to think they won't be in good condition in another you know, 50, 100 years. Yes, okay. I mean, I, I'm very keen to sort of um, I think they need to be sort of on show. I mean, as in, I don't want to pack them back into a box. So mm. is that going to sort of put them at risk if I suddenly sort of make them a feature? Well, you'll, you will speed up the deterioration. Things, uh, what happens when you uh, get something out in the light is that the light is going to cause the dyes to fade. So yeah. if they're nice and bright, pro it's probably because they've they haven't they've been out of the light for so long. That's exactly right. They haven't right. been exposed to the light. Yeah. Uh, so the minute you start getting them out into the light for long periods, you're going to see the dyes start to fade. Mm -hmm. um, it'll it'll happen slowly, and you you'll have to just weigh up the whether you you'd rather see them sitting out, you know, to, for people to see, and you can live with the fact that they'll fade a, a somewhat over time. Uh, you know, with the the long term. Uh, preservation of, the, of them. I mean, there's, there's ways you can minimise light damage. Obviously, don't put them in direct sunlight, um, so um, that sort of thing. Uh, so try and everything you can to minimise light exposure, but still, so you can still see them. Uh, all right, Jenny. Thank you. So, yes, can I just ask quickly, one, where does one buy um, such a box that's going to protect them, an um, acid-free well, box? Well, I'm plugging this book today, which is uh, Keeping Family Treasures, which the archives has yes. put out, and it has a whole list of suppliers in the back. Excellent. Um, I'll go so and get one then. It's okay. Got lots I mean, of great I can, information, yeah. Jenny. I think you'll find it very, very helpful. I've been having a good flick through myself. Thanks for your call. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Bye. And bye. Thomas has um, has some old title deeds. Hi, Thomas. G'day. I've got um, certificate titles for a family farm. Now they date back to 1860 and they're on parchment and they're starting, oh. to, starting to show signs of, of really bad fading and okay. yeah I'm keen to get them done up and put them on display because you know oh gosh <laughs> everyone wants to, everyone wants to display things and, and light is the real enemy of, of these sort of things because it causes fading especially old inks um, so you're certain they're on parchment Thomas yes I am Okay, because uh, some people misidentify uh, just an old paper as being parchment, because parchment is an animal skin, whereas um, there are uh, you know, papers made from cellulose, uh, yep. which is old, you know, from rags and things. So they behave quite differently uh, over time, um, and parchment, if it gets damp, can start to remember the fact that it came from an animal and start curling up you know, in the shape it was before it was flattened out. So that's a real problem. 
but the inks that were used uh, in those days uh, probably included something called iron gall ink, which is highly susceptible to fading, especially on parchment. Yep. Uh, and that's like you're saying, if it's if is it a sort of a sepia tone? Uh, yes, 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 yeah. very much so. Yeah, well, that would be iron gall ink. Um, you would speed up the fading of that if you displayed them, no matter what you do. But like I told the last caller, you just have to minimise the amount of light it gets. Avoid direct sunlight. Uh, have it behind perspex because perspex cuts down um, the uh, amount of ultraviolet, which is the damaging part of the light spectrum. Can I get the uh, ink restored or get um, some sort of someone or something to actually um, write over or have to yeah, uh, it's mm, there are a few experimental things that conservators do to try and restore inks, but they're not that successful. They can help a little, but you have to really know what you were doing. I would suggest if you're interested in that, that you go and find a, a document restorer, conservator. Yep. Uh, and there there are certainly some in Perth. Um, my best suggestion would be to go to the uh, website of an organisation called the AICCM. Who, who are the professional organisation of conservators, yep. and they have a list of conservators by region, so you could look up a, a document conservator in Perth and contact them. Okay, great. Thanks, Thanks very you. much for your call, Thomas. We'll come to Margaret shortly. She's got some old wartime diaries she's interested in, but... Um, Ian, uh, Nikki has SMS'd us and she has a jewellery box that her dad made her nana and uh -huh. the wooden laminate needs replacing in one part and she can't find anyone who'll fix it and she's very afraid of it perishing. Have you got any advice? Um, probably a similar one to what I said to the last caller. Um, it sounds like the work for a, um, a professional um, furniture restorer slash conservator um, and again the AICCM should be able to... Um, help there like there is a section on their website that says if you want to find a conservator in your region that specializes in a particular thing you you can do a search so i would recommend that excellent um, and I, yeah yeah all right well hopefully that helps nikki margaret you've got some old diaries yes my father wrote a diary which is really more like a journal all his married life starting in about 19 around about there until he died in the 70s and it's extremely historic and he has newspaper articles, um, photos, old ration books and a lot of terribly valuable and interesting uh, stuff and these, these books seem to be just, I don't know, disappearing, you know, they're just sort of, they're... they're um, they're in not bad condition, but I just don't know. I feel like they should be perhaps donated somewhere, but do, do people do that? Or? Um, th there are organisations that take donations. It really depends. I mean, the Australian War Memorial here in Canberra takes things with the war, you know, related to the war, but obviously this isn't that. There's in Ian, um, there's also in uh, Fremantle, there's a war museum, ah, I believe. Well, I'm so showing my ignorance. Of... Patricia. Well, it's a little one. I imagine the Canberra yeah. War Memorial will be a lot bigger, but it, it oh, is yeah, local. Oh, yeah, but even so. Mm, yeah, yeah, if it's local, then it really should stay where, it, where it's relevant, yes. Um, but... It sounds like the equivalent of a, of a modern uh, a scrapbook. Oh, the funny noises in my headphones. Uh, yeah, the, the equivalent of a scrapbook. Is that well, what we're talking about? Not really. He's written extensively. So there would be, you know, like half the book would be writing and then because it's all going goes through the war, 
Um, there's a lot of newspaper cuttings that put in there, but it isn't definitely not just a scrapbook. It's, it's very interesting writing that, you know, terribly interesting. Things like, you know, that the war, um, they took all the signs down during the war so that in case the Japanese made it, invaded, <laughs> they wouldn't they'd get lost and things like that. There's all yes. little interesting things like that that I feel, you know, maybe there's somebody that can share these, you know, but I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's my father and it's interesting to me. Well, yeah, it sounds fascinating to me too. I'd love to see it. But uh, is there a local historical society or, or something like that that may be interested in it? I could, yeah, I could look into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Is, yeah, was it written like in in Western Australia? The the, the no, the actually, well, he he lived in my family came from Melbourne originally, and oh, okay. uh, so it was until it wasn't in, it was in the late sixties that the family came over here and. Uh, he just spent his last few years in WA, but mostly around Melbourne and, um, yeah. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it does sound lovely, yeah. I, I wish I could tell you exactly where to, it might go, but uh, yeah, historical societies are often interested in that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hi, that you. helps. Thanks. And we've got, Patricia on, we've got Patricia on the line, Ian, and she has some old newspapers. Ah. Hi, Patricia. Hi, how are you, Julian? Fantastic. Have you got What have you got I, to tell Ian well, about? Well, uh, when my grandchildren were born, um, I bought paper on that day um, to keep for them, you know, and give them food on their 21st birthday. But what I did with the papers was I put acid-free tissue paper between each page. Very good. And then, and then I wrapped it in tissue paper and... I, I've put them inside a cardboard tube, each one of them, with, which is closed at each end. Now, I haven't taken them out since because I'm frightened that they'll have fallen to pieces. Am I doing the right thing, or, or what? how do you keep newspapers? Um, well, I was going to mention to the previous caller who had newspaper clippings in their book, um, yeah, newspaper is a bit of a headache for, for conservators like me because it tends to be very acidic. The way the paper is produced is a very rough and ready way because mm -hmm. it's not meant to last. It's just meant to you know, yeah. newspaper isn't, isn't a medium that lasts. So the acidity will eventually turn the paper yellow and very brittle, and I'm sure we've all seen old bits of newspaper in that sort of uh -huh. state. So what you've done is, in fact, a very good thing. Like uh, the acid-free tissue will help immensely, and keeping it out of the light, keeping it somewhere cool and dry, is also a good thing. Uh, if 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 you can find somewhere like that in Perth, I don't know if you can. It's very difficult. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, the other the other big enemies are that are temperature and humidity. So if you can, uh, so the lower the temperature and the lower the humidity, the better. Right. Over time. Okay. But, but what you've done is very good, uh, and I think it will help a lot. Um, and I, I can't suggest any more, except there, there are things that professional paper conservators can do to uh -huh. reduce the acidity in the paper. And again, yeah. it would be a matter of, of approaching a conservator for that. I just you've done a hell of a lot already. I just keep telling them to hurry up and turn 21 before the papers fall to pieces. <laughs> and they won't do it. <laughs> oh, it if I were you, I'd have a little peek just to see if, if it's if it hasn't okay. gone sort of a a, a, a dark yellow colour and and does not seem brittle, you're probably fine. Brilliant. Oh, good. Yeah. Now, thank uh, you very thank much. You, thank you very That's much right. for your call, Patricia. Okay. Bye.
Now you've probably answered Ken's question, Ian, because he has a, he has an old newspaper as well. But it just sounds like such a cutie. I wanted to um, I wanted to get him to tell us about it. Hi, Ken. Okay. Yeah, hi. Yeah, it's handed down from my father, grandfather, great grandfather. Um, it's the nineteen it's the eighteen oh five edition of the Times, November the seventh, um, yeah. which reported Lord Nelson's death. Um, dispatches from Vice Admiral. Collingwood off Cape Trafalgar. Can you still read it, Ken? Um, I don't know. <laughs> when I, I've only seen it once. When I was about 12, I, Dad opened this uh, metal uh, roll container mm -hmm. and uh, it certainly was readable then. Uh, it looked fine. Um, and yeah. He might have opened it once since. Well, I can tell you something very interesting about that. Uh, there was a point in the history of the making of paper where they moved to making paper from wood, and that was 1840 is the is the cut-off date. Uh -huh. Papers before 1840 tend to be very good quality, and uh -huh. made from rags generally, even uh -huh. newspaper uh, paper. So in fact, it could be good. Often the papers that are older than 1840 last much better than more recent ones. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So it's probably fine. Yeah. My memory of it is that it was clear and everything. Um, and mm. I haven't dared to open it in recent decades. Yeah. Yeah. Now my feeling is it's probably fine. So um, um, yeah. I have wondered what I should do with it. You know whether it's, it should be looked at by a paper preserver or the museum or something. Um, well, I'd look at it yourself. If there's no obvious yellowing or or brittleness in the paper, like I said, it's probably going to be fine, and you could save yourself the worry. I mean, I think it would be okay. It really depends what you want to do with it, if you want to display it or if you want to make it more readily available to show people. Yeah. I'd suggest putting it in some sort of protective cover or something just to keep fingers... It's in a metal uh, roll, which is Alcock's India Rubber Porous Plasters roll. From, it looks like you know 200 <laughs> years old or something. Um, and that was made in Birken, Birkenhead, which is Merseyside near Liverpool, mm -hmm. where my great-great-grandfather left from in the eight, oh. late 1800s. How is that? Well, fantastic. I, I, I think the roll's a lovely thing too, but maybe you should take it out of the roll mm -hmm. uh, because there is a danger. Say it got wet or something, it might start corroding, like you might get rust and that might right. actually damage the paper. Uh, I, I'd keep them both, obviously, but I'd take the paper out and maybe just gently flatten it because mm -hmm. ro keeping something rolled probably isn't great because every time you want to look at it, you've got to unroll it and there's the danger of tearing and, and other damage creasing. So yeah. I'd take it out and just very gently flatten it right. and uh, keep it flat if you have a, a, a flat drawer or something and perhaps buy a, some sort of uh, folder or you know like an art, an art portfolio or something to keep it in. Yeah. That's brilliant. Thank Great. you very Thank you much, very much. Cam. We'll Thanks talk to Yana shortly on Afternoons. We're talking to Ian Batterham and he's the author of Keeping Family Treasures by the National Archives of Australia about how to preserve things. You know, if anyone has a photograph of any of the things you've talked about or something special to you, I'd love you to post it into us or email us. might be easier. 720 afternoons at your.abc.net. .au. We would love to see them and put them up on our website. Hi, Yana. How are you? Thanks for holding on. I'm fine, thanks. Fascinating discussion. Wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what I've got is my dad's childhood teddy. Um, dad was mm. in the fleet air arm in World War II, and Teddy accompanied my dad on all of his missions. Um, and what I want to do is preserve him. What sort of conditions he in? Pretty Yana? good. Yes. Oh well. Again, uh, you probably haven't 
What's that, sorry? I said I'm obviously a bit threadbare. Yeah, but I mean that's part of its history. We don't want to lose that. I mean, I think uh, we, we risk, the, risk losing what makes something unique if we try and repair things too much. Uh, I think the fact that it's threadbare tells that it's been loved. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I wouldn't do much about that. Uh, if it just, if it seems sturdy, like if it's, you know, the arm's not going to drop off or the eye's going to fall out or something no, like that, ambulate. I wouldn't worry. No, he's got ambulations and he seems fine. He seems fine. Well, you know, I think it, he's probably going to remain fine. Uh, I, I just handle him very carefully. Maybe get a special box to keep him in, wrap him in acid-free tissue just to, just to protect him. Right. Uh, and, and just, yeah, take care of him, and I think he'll be fine. Okay, thanks for your help, Ian. That's no wonderful. Problem. Now, we've only got time very quickly for Wayne. Very oh, quick, I, Wayne, I, I'm sorry. Hi, Gillian Harrigan. Um, I have my grandfather's original dispatches, dispatches from the First World War when he was awarded the Middle Funeral. Um, I don't have the medal, unfortunately, but I do have written dispatches to his uh, hierarchy uh, awarding him the award, and I'm just wondering how that should be kept. It's not in very good condition. It cannot be rejuvenated in any way. Uh, there are things, again, a paper conservator could do. Probably the best thing you could do is, um, if they're folded, unfold them and keep them unfolded because uh, it's the constant unfolding and refolding of stuff is what cause, causes a lot of damage. We often suggest things like, they're called view books, uh, which uh, just have clear plastic pages and you can slip the items in and that just protects them from damage uh, and keep them flat. Um, uh, is there any evidence of fading of the Ian, ink? Ian, I'm sorry, we're going to have we're to... We're out of time? We are out okay. of time. So can I just quickly tell people that the book is called Keeping Family Treasures and it's written by Elizabeth Masters and yourself, Ian Batterham, and it's by the National Archives of Australia. And can we get that in most bookshops, Ian? Uh, I, probably the... not. Uh, probably through the National Archives website, National Archives of Australia. Great. Thank you so much for talking to us today. No problem. Lovely. Ian Batterham, Keeping Family Treasures from National Archives of Australia.